everybody, welcome to another conversation with me, your host, Richard Bezaidenote. And today I've got a very special guest on the show as we enter season two of my podcast, videocasts, uh, vid blogs, whatever you want to call it. Uh, these are real conversations that we have with experienced entrepreneurs, business people looking at the landscape of small, medium, micro businesses in the South African context uh, so that you get the information that you need on what to do to make your business more efficient for you personally to be mentally and spiritually emotionally better equipped to deal with some of the challenges that you are going to face and most importantly it's a you know you're not alone out there today i've got a very special guest his name is Uwes, and welcome how are you doing thank you very much uh Getting on towards the middle of October, looking forward to December, basically, and just trying to, to get through the year at this point, Jeez. but doing well. Thank you. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, talk about December. My goodness gracious. My wife just came in early on, so we're supposed to we're supposed to be going to Namibia, um, but for most of this year, we were unsure of whether or not that was going to happen. Uh, and then she dropped the ticket prices uh, for flights <laughs> on me at the moment. And it's just changed everything, you know. Uh, so now we have to rethink and, and sort of come up with a new plan or decide whether or not we're going to actually spend the kind of money. It's a bit ridiculous because we are thinking for those prices, we could probably go to for an overseas trip somewhere. Uh, and, um, you know, number is just a couple of kilometers away from us. So... So interesting. So, Uwes, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, for the few people that may not know who you are, I know you, you're fairly popular on LinkedIn. At least I see a lot of your content, a lot of your posts. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit who you are and what you're about? I'm sure there's a, there's a lot of people who don't know who I am, but Uwes uh, um, Asma, I'm a chartered accountant. Uh, I've been uh, probably... I've got about 13, 14 years experience. Uh, I've, I've, I've got quite a, a vast range of experience in my career. I've been lucky to work in bigger organizations, uh, big listed organizations, small listed organizations, and then your your small SMEs of six people and your slightly bigger uh, companies of 20 to 30 people. So I've got the range of uh, of different types of industries, different types of companies. And I've, I think I've I've learned a lot in 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 going through in and and working in these different types of companies. Also, some of them were in the financial services industry, some were in uh, in real estate and investments, and and now I'm in in financial advisory and consulting, which is a a different place to be and uh, where you help a lot of SMEs, which is something I enjoy because you can make a big difference uh, to to the life of an entrepreneur. If you say if you save an entrepreneur 100,000 Rand cash in, in, in their tax, they can maybe go overseas or they can maybe employ someone or they can maybe go on that number be an holiday or, or they can, I mean, it's a benefit to the economy. So yeah, I guess that's me in a nutshell. Yeah, so I know the um, landscape we're living in today, uh, some would argue that it's, you know, the, this high impact and I mean, I don't argue against those things, but um, from a, it, my experience uh, owning a small business and, and growing a small business, it it's nothing new. The terrain in small business has always been um, one of, of challenges. Uh, uh, these are obviously, you know, the unprecedented challenges, worldwide challenges everyone's faced. But you still have to deal with a, an unknown event happening that could potentially cut off your uh, revenue supply, your your product supply. So you you don't have if you're importing, you don't have you didn't have products coming in for a while. Um, you know, meeting all those demands on your business, the contractual things that are still there. And what's your view? What have you seen in terms of some of the language, some of the resilience or lack of the lack of resilience in the small businesses that you've encountered and maybe some of the feedback that you get i guess uh, i mean look there, there's no textbook that you can find the answer for this one uh, there, it's never been experienced before yeah. so there's no there's only i mean you can look to other maybe other business leaders for experience but i mean we are in uncharted territory and i think in terms of the uh, the companies that have maybe done well compared to the companies that have not done so well, the ones that done, done well, they, they and, and it's an overused word, and maybe pivot is not the right word, but they, they rationalized or they took action immediately. 
whereas the the ones that maybe didn't do well put their head in the sand and said, oh, we'll 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 wait it out and see what happens. Um, yes, there some some companies took difficult decisions of salary cuts and salary reductions, and some even went through to uh, to uh, retrenching certain employees, which is never anything, never pleasant for anyone and ne- uh, never the first option for anyone. But uh, I suppose you have to decide between saving one job and saving 10 jobs. And, and I mean, that's, that's a tricky situation. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't envy people in that position. And I, mm. It's definitely not an easy position, but sometimes you have to make these tough decisions as, as a business owner. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can sort of second that it's, uh, I've gone through that, you know, uh, at a stage, um, our business was, you know, uh, 30 people strong and uh, just through various, um, not but not particularly just COVID, but in various stages, looking at the business, this, you know, deciding where's the future, having to let people go is not comfortable at all. And uh, you sometimes get um, put in a position where people don't see you as a human anymore. They see you as a business. And I've actually been called yes. a corporation. Um, it, was, oh, wow. it was a tough thing to hear, but I mean, somebody called me a corporation. And I get it. I understand that um, there's a perception that because you own a business, suddenly the money is flowing. Uh, you know, you don't have any financial issues because you must have a lot of a lot of money. And a lot of cases, that's actually the opposite. The moment you start a business, you you have you have less free time because you spend so much time working on your business. You have less money because you take all your money and you pump it into the business. Uh, and and you you do have a boss. You you might not have a a, a physical boss, but like you've got m- many more bosses because every client that you're trying to please becomes your new boss. You know, so so the landscape is 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 difficult. It's tough, um, and so you know, just uh, in business, the resilience, the ones who are putting their head in the sand. I mean, it was really encourage them to to take their head out of the sand. Um, and the ones who created the pivots, what kind of um, pivots are you seeing people making? You know, where where is that where is that heading to in in your view? So I mean, some people took advantage of the need for for uh, COVID cleaning, or or for example, the the the, the big mask debate <laughs> where people were selling were price gouging on masks, which is not the way not the way we ex- expect it to be. But the people moved quickly. There were some people who moved quickly into that uh, cleaning, especially post COVID. Uh, whereas I spoke to one business owner and they said, "Oh yes, we're gonna get we're gonna send out a, a, a pamphlet to to a company." And I thought that person is not going nothing is going to happen for you and i don't think anything has happened (laughs) exactly it's like we'll send you know like that's not you i mean you have to double down on sales and look some companies have done well especially in the the e-commerce space um and if you if you are shelled in one of the big the big american stocks you would have also probably done well but uh who knows how how long that's going to last, it, it might continue. So uh, I suppose it's understanding your business, understanding your clients. Um, something that I, that, that I also read the other day was knowing how your suppliers are doing. Like you might be doing well, but your suppliers might not be doing well because they, their customers might be a, a range of people. Like they might have tourism clients, for example, that have closed down and you might be one of the few clients that are still around. Or their suppliers might have an issue and there's a the chain and almost like a domino effect. If that supplier gets knocked over, how does that affect your uh, your ability to, to to service your clients? So you almost have to think beyond your little your little bubble bubble and think wider than that. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, I mean, that's knowing your suppliers is something that you know um, that that I I hit and uh, also just with our customers. You know, we had, at at some point we said no, we're not going to take on this kind of work because. It, it, the, the projects are too big they're too expensive in the in they, they're very rewarding in the long run but in the in the short term they're very expensive for us to do and so we made a decision not to do that and some of the customers uh, our clients were very sort of they took it back um, most people just understood because that was you know, something new i mean in terms of world events uh but that is great advice what, what if, I can, if I can yeah. even repeat just on, on something that, 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 that comes to mind very quickly is landlords. 
Um, you, I mean, you get those landlords who are playing the short term and the ones playing the long term. The ones who are playing the short term want their rent. Uh, and it's led to a lot of people just leaving or cutting their leases. Whereas the ones playing the long term said, okay, we'll give you rent reductions or rent-free periods for a month or two or during lockdown so that they can retain the client for the long term. Yeah. I mean, and it requires that sort of long-term vision. Yes, a little bit of short-term pain, but you're going to get that pain in any case if you if you're being short if you if your view is short term. Yeah. So rather take a little bit of short-term pain, uh, and then not suffer in the long run or keep uh, keep a good client base in the long run. Yeah, that's hundred percent. I mean, that's exactly our situation. We had a short-term rent uh, landlord, and um, and so now we've we we are cutting our rent. Uh, we are, and but we figured out how to run the business without having offices. Um, there's so much advantages now from the work from home. People have gotten comfortable. Sure, it's not for everyone, but there are other options. So there's uh, shared office spaces that those who want to work in a in an office environment can take you know advantage of that. We've created, um, a, a, you know, a, a budget you know sort of a, a, that people can tap into. Uh, sort of years an allowance for any work from home and uh, sort of share offers stuff that they they allow to use within a month period and it's not lots but it's it's something um, so you know there, there's a, a view where when you look at the work from home um, that's uh, I can't remember where, where it was that I read this but you know being a business owner I have, I have two views so I'm compassionate about the people that work in the company and, and uh, I have a lot of empathy but I'm also a person and I, and I do have a responsibility to run a company. And I saw this article that says, um, make sure that you aren't paying for the work from home expenses. And I read that with a little bit of, I was like, hmm, uh, is that maybe also short term vision uh, where employees are expecting the employers to pay for now suddenly you've got a work from home expenses. Oh, I'm using more electricity was one of the examples. Um, but when I read that, I thought, well, you know, but you're also not paying for transport. So mm. is there a balance there? Are you, are you, are you hearing those kind of conversations? Where, where is your opinion sit on that? So I suppose uh, within reason, there's definitely a balance on saving, uh, saving costs on the one side and, and making it up on the other side. It, it's, it can be a problem, especially where there's no... Um, fiber and the people have to use something like 4g or lte then it gets very expensive then you have to you have to consider can we cover that cost because at the end of the day um, you're still making a, a, de a decent margin on your employees work so you, as long as your employee is delivering the value for you with a similar or same level of value um, now is not the time to be nitpicky about smaller details if it's not making a big difference obviously you have to do the numbers um and and think well i mean there's always a cutoff point for, for for both people but within reason yeah there's definitely a balance and then you just have the the, the outliers like the guys that that don't have fiber or don't have internet connections like okay what can we do to help to help them or uh, how can we come to some, some sort of agreement? Okay, maybe you go to, maybe you go to the to the work. Uh, I mean, the the shared workspace that might be more affordable for you as a business owner instead of trying to 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 put in uh, to pay for your LTE. And then there's a kind of a win-win situation or meeting somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it is. A, it's a it's a definitely a a, um, a collaborative approach when trying to solve these problems. Um, and you know, uh, I, I speak for the business owner um, more than I do for the actual employees. I mean, I understand there's a lot of um, if you if you're on LinkedIn for any amount of time, you'll see that it's very it leans very much towards the employee, uh, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the employers, so you know, small business owners, uh, they don't always see the, uh, the the bigger picture of other business owners and what they are going through and the challenges, you know. And and I found that dealing with things in a collaborative approach is much better. You're not not going to please all the people all of the time. Um, so there's there's always going to be a balance, and I like that approach that you're saying is that the, you know when you do collaborate, you can you can find a, a better ways and finding the outliers uh, to help uh, understand their particular situation, maybe what you can do to solve that to solve that issue. Um, cool. So I mean, just you know, we've this this pandemic is is been unreal uh, for everyone, and lots of businesses closed down. I've, I've, 
unfortunate you no know, few friends they have been severely hit and and they really just some of them looked for they, this is an excuse to close down sort of go okay cool like you know i'm gonna cash out now or i'm gonna sort of uh, close the business um others uh, did uh, was involuntary and they kind of had to what would your advice be for now that we've been through this this you know, this retrospect, these lessons learned, uh, what kind of would be the, the points that you would make for any business going forward to prepare themselves to be more resilient? Should there be any, um, whether it be local, whether it be worldwide events that would challenge their business success and longevity? I think, I think we're still actually going through it, actually. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what I would probably say is, uh, I mean, you can't, because uh, because the future is so uncertain, you need to have some sort of idea, some sort of budget for and forecast and cash flow forecast in place. At the end of the day, cash is king, and if you don't have an idea of what what's going to be coming in in the next six months to twelve months, you are you are working very reactively. Um, the only way to because if you can estimate what your revenues even 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 if you're not completely correct, at least you've got a guide to work through. A lot of the guys do some scenario planning or the, the, the business owners do scenario planning where it's what's my base case, uh, what's the worst case scenario and what's maybe a high case. And then at least, and you'll fall somewhere within that range. And then, you know, then you know, okay, where do I need to, if I get to a certain level, this is where I need to close shop because I'm not going to be making any money. If, if, if my revenues are going below that, okay, let's close the business. If, my, if, if I'm above it, okay, we can still continue. Where do we need to make some adjustments or rationalizations? Um, and for the, the, the businesses that have actually thrived, what do I need to do? Because then you're actually in another, you're in another predicament where you are, what do I do with this extra cash? Because you weren't, you, you've never dealt with that extra sales before. So you need to plan for it. And the only way to do that is to have, uh, at the end of the day, cash is king and you need to have a cash flow forecast in place to, to, to kind of check where you're going yeah agreed i'm actually um you know uh, for my podcast and video series uh, I've, i'm busy editing uh, one of the episodes where we talk about sort of the importance of reports in your business and the you know the the, the the view that i have is that you don't need any other report just the cash flow statement in your first three four years of running your business like you don't need anything else um those other things are important i'm not saying they're not important but they uh, for a, a business owner to make decisions, you have to know uh, your cash position. So what okay. what can you afford, you know? Um, and uh, I've even, you know, at, at points, um, a, a life expectancy report from that, where we say, you know, if, if the business was to make no money today, what would happen? Uh, and so yeah, we kind of draw that those, yeah, those scenarios. Um, um, I mean, if we, the, the problem that I notice is a lot of business owners, they they run their business from their bank account. Okay, my <laughs> bank balance is here, so I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, they, they're not considering that they need to pay that in two weeks or that they need to pay provisional tax in a month. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why you need uh, why you need to do a cash flow forecast. And the other, the other thing is having that, that up-to-date information. Also doesn't help you if you have, uh, if you're only getting that information a month or two later. Because it's a month or two old, uh, you should have reacted a month ago. Yeah. And so you need that information up to date. And um, there's tools that you can use to have up to date information so you can make decisions based on where your business currently is, not where it was last month, because it doesn't help you where it was last month. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, what, what are your favorite tools for people to use for small businesses? What do you advise them saying, you know, uh, it's a, we've got different uh, phases of business. So, uh, uh, Look at there's a business starting out today, and there's a business that's probably been running for about a year, two years. Where, where's your tool set at that they should be using to help them with these things? So, I mean, to, for any business, you need to have a basic level of accounting system that gives you financial information that's up to date. And we use a tool called Zero, and that the the I mean, it's got many different good things about it. But the one thing that's that's really important is bank feeds automatically pulling through your bank transactions from your bank account on a daily basis. So you know every day what, what your bank, and you, you're invoicing from the same platform. You can you can check your short-term cash flow 
there's an option to check, okay, if assuming my, my debtors pay on time according to their payment terms and I pay my creditors on time according to their payment terms, what is my cash flow position going to be in the next three weeks, in the next month? Uh, there's a lot of other options that, that they give you. Um, you can, uh, they've got options where you can automate or send your slips to the cloud so you can, you can, you don't have to keep these boxes and boxes of things and you, uh, you can use your accounts to, to make decisions immediately. A lot of small businesses, they only do, they look at their accounts or oh, when they do their financial statements six or 12 months after year end to get SARS off their back, but that's a waste of time. Those financials are just for SARS and they're not, they're not of any value in terms of a decision-making point of view. So it's important to have monthly management accounts so you can use those to make decisions every month. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. So, I mean, I, I actually, you know, uh, depending on your, your frequency of transactions, I think you should be you sort of almost daily or looking at things um, uh, at least weekly, you should be taking a view of your business. So what, what were the movements this week? Am I going to be, uh, am I on track, you know? And so I, I talk about, so in my world, I do reporting and analytics and I, and I talk about uh, a budget is a plan and it's always going to have the best plans. And you could have your conservative budget and your optimistic budget, you know, but, but nobody has the, the world's gone to shit budget. Uh, so, um, so you, but you, but a, but a budget is just there sort of as a, as a plan. And then you got to sort of say, okay, cool. Where are we on this, on this journey? You know how are things going um do i need to make any decisions or take any actions that's different um so that the things work out according to plan so that so that's why the cash flow is king it's first uh, and then the budget maybe second and then um the income statement so that sort of do your collection of your management accounts um and so yeah i i, I agree that the reporting managing your business zero is an amazing tool i also look at some of the other tools that are out there wave apps recently caught my attention it's a free um, accounting tool uh, you can use it just for invoicing um, but you can use it for accounting and you don't it's not rocket science a lot of the default stuff is set up they don't have automatic bank feeds unfortunately but you can upload your your bank statement will do some stuff for you but if you are on a tight budget and you don't want to spend money with zero um, there is options like wave app and i know that there are some other free tools out there that you should use you should definitely not be using like Word or Excel to generate invoices. Uh, <laughs> that not. is a bad move. Excel is a great tool. I love Excel. I mean, uh, and I know that the world loves Excel. And there's a, how, where are you in a position with Excel? I'm just interested so in accounting. I used to use, a, I still use Excel, but we use now a lot of, uh, we use Google Sheets more just because it's more collaborative. Okay. Yeah. Instead of having which version are we worthy with or which one is the final version. Now we've all got the final version. It's all online. Yeah. There's no, uh, Excel definitely has more functionality than Google Sheets, but Google Sheets is improving every few months. They, they update something yeah, and it gets closer and closer to, 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 to Excel. It probably, it might never reach that, but I mean, for, for, unless you're doing like, Massive, even, I mean, even if you're doing pivot tables, but unless you've got like massive spreadsheets with macros and all these things, then yes, use Excel. But most yeah. business owners, I mean, they just needed to get a couple of things done or a couple of calculations done. Google Sheets, uh, Google Sheets are a free platform. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to fork out your, yeah. uh, for, for Microsoft 365. So I agree 100%. Uh, Google Sheets is an amazing platform to use. So any spreadsheeting tool really is amazing because it gives you that you know, I want to f I want to do something quickly, and I want to see the results of that plan that I have, and and so any spreadsheet software uh, tool uh, is amazing. Today is actually spreadsheet day. I don't know if you know that. So uh, it's a celebration <laughs> of VisiCalc was released today, like uh, ten thousand years ago. <laughs> I think it's thirty-five years ago. Uh, so it's a spreadsheet day today. Um, I'm, I'm attending an event uh, this evening uh, in celebration of it. Um, just because I'm a data geek and so I thought that was interesting. But yeah, Google Sheets, definitely a great option to use. Um, there's another few apps. I'll link some of them in, in the description if you're interested in looking at some of the other options there for you. Um, uh, what, uh, if I, I, I can say something, it would just be yeah. like, look for those cloud apps. Like whatever yeah. you do, 
Uh, I mean, you can decide between which one you like and which one you don't like that. I mean, you might have a personal preference, but don't be getting desktop software. That's all I ask yeah, yeah. In, in this day and age. Like there's still, still certain people looking like desktop accounting systems or they've been running desktop accounting systems yeah. uh, and, and desktop other systems. It's like now is the time to move to the cloud. Well, if you haven't done it and you're not, uh, you should be doing that's where you should be going. Yeah, there's, I mean, a thousand reasons. I, I'll just give you sort of the two that's on, on top of mind is that if your machine crashes, that you can always, that your data is not gone. You can always just use another data. And also if you just like, um, you know, there was a few years ago, a lot of um, um, uh, piracy hacks. So people would hack into your computer, lock your computer, and you wouldn't have access to anything. Whereas that happens today, I just go, okay, cool. I'll just reformat my machine and I'll sort of connect everything again. So. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, the two great reasons why you want to want to move to to the cloud, and obviously collaboration is a big thing. Um, it definitely helps you. So I also I, like the idea of sitting on the other side of the world. If I'm sitting on the beach in who knows where, one day when I'm big, <laughs> I can still have <laughs> access to whatever I need. Yeah, uh, so mobility, uh, great stuff. Uh, all of those, those good things. So Wes, you're quite um, popular, or you ha you are at least in my timeline on LinkedIn. Um, and a lot of it's still, I mean, it's 2020. I don't understand people still talking about, uh, oh yeah, you know, social media is not for me. And I go, yeah, it's not, it's for your business and your brand. It may not be for you, but your business and your brand. Um, you know, what, what is the, the kind of things of, why would you recommend somebody join any social media platform and, and probably with bias, I don't know where you are elsewhere. What is the ones that you think a small business should get on today? I mean, for, from a, a, a small business point of view, previously people would go to the Chamber of Commerce or they'll go to networking events. Um, and those are still there's valid places to do, but especially in the time of COVID, I mean, it's a lot easier to, to grow your brand online than it is to, to have to go to a Chamber of Commerce. And it's easier to make connections. I mean, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I've had conversations with people I'd never have conversations with if it was not for putting myself out on LinkedIn and connecting with people. And uh, uh, social media sometimes can have a bad uh, reputation, but uh, it's also the, I mean, it's, it's the people on the platform that use it that make it bad or good. Uh, luckily, I think from a LinkedIn point of view, it's a little bit more professional. There's not as much uh, negativity, I would say, as, as Twitter, although Twitter is a, a, a good platform. But from from a business owner point of view, depending on who your your target audience is, uh, there's I mean you can use Facebook uh, to advertise. You can and uh, that that cost maybe a little bit. And LinkedIn is is good for non let's say non pay non paying growing of your brand. Uh, depending on so you need to assess who your your target your target client is and your target audience, and then start uh, creating content for that. The the one problem that I see and I actually added this morning was I. I, I liked or I commented on some uh, business's profile and this morning I get a, a, a message in, in saying, you commented on my profile, would you like to buy my services? I'm like, hold on, <laughs> I'm never going to comment again on your profile because you're already trying to sell me. Like, uh, it's about growing your brand and, and gaining not followers, but people who are fans of who you are. And once you do that, then you can start uh, talking about your services and if you start selling immediately, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, so I mean, I, I get that often. I'm also on LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, those are the two platforms that I, I spend a lot of, of time on. At least I don't spend time on it. I invest in those platforms, you know, to get brand engagement. Um, and uh, you, you you said you commented on a, on a brand's profile page and you, got the, you sort of got hit up immediately with a sale. So the, the interesting thing that I, I see happening and I've, I've got views, but I'm interested to you, your perspective is, do you think you should build a company page or personal brand? So I think you could do both, but also um, I would say the personal brand, uh, also because LinkedIn from an algorithm point of view pushes out your per, uh, personal profiles more than, than business profiles. and in the event that you pivot or you change your business, you can take some of those customers or potential customers with you. Whereas if you have a business, yes, we all love our businesses and uh, some of us want to take it to our graves, but you never know what's gonna happen in a few years. Um, you are the, especially from a small business point of view, you are more, uh, 
you the driver of the business. So uh, people, people also, people like to do, and the other thing that I also like is people like to do business with people. They don't do business with businesses. Uh, even if you're selling someone, it's one person talking to another person, people do business with people. So I would say I'm, I'd lean more to, to the person's profile than the but Yes, it's important to have the business profile because they're going to go in onto your personal profile and say, oh, he works here. And then they're going to click into that and they're going to see. And if there's no information, then, then you potentially lost a, a sale. Whereas at least there's a, a about section and things like that about your business. Yeah. Then, 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 then you, you, you still got potential customers. Yeah, I I agree with that point of view. I mean, I've I've got both, and the traction on my personal profile is definitely a lot more than on the business profile. And what I found was that when I was trying to uh, promote the, the the business profile, I almost I pretended like I was like Ford Motors or like Woolworths or something, and you you talk this very corporate type talk and you go like, but that's not me. That's not how I speak, you know? And, and so people can't identify with that. Whereas speaking from me, my personal profile, I'm able to be myself. And you know, the, it's true. People like buying from, from people. I say, no matter what kind of business you're in, whether you're B2C or B2B, behind every B there's a C, you know? So there's a consumer, there's a person. Uh, so you got to understand that, first and you've got to understand you and your product you can't sell to everyone uh you have to you know pick or know who your customer is the people that's going to buy your products uh and and speak to them i mean this week i did i just released my first training course my online course called data to dashboards how to build amazing reports without using a single function in excel um and I was surprised by the response that I got, you know, I thought I'd make one sale, uh, but you know, I made uh, seven, actually, well, I think, but nine sales uh, overnight. It was the dream. Like I woke up and I had two more sales. It was amazing. So, uh, but I worked really hard to put that course together and you go through these phases of um, sort of imposter syndrome and you think like, oh no, this. So the hard work will start now where I will have to go in and start making sure that that course is good enough, getting feedback from customers and talking to them. The good thing about being the personal brand on LinkedIn is that I'll be able to connect with those people. I mean, I've had some people send me emails, like congratulations, well done, uh, and actually have taken the course and given me some feedback, say like, this was great, this wasn't so great, which is fine, you know, but because we connected personally, they don't see me as a corporation yeah. to sort of bring mm -hmm. that back. Uh, they see me as, as a human being and, and it's allowed me, I think the, the big difference is I love sales. I mean, I, I love business in general and sales is super important because sales is the lifeblood of every business. But it's because I, 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 I produce content for a number of years, every now and again, yes. I do do a promotion. I do ask for the sale. Um, yes. And uh, you know, speaking to, to, to my wife and saying like, so this, this week is all about planning, promotion. Uh, it's doing the, the hard reach out, sending WhatsApp messages, phoning people. Uh, it's the, the direct sales part to get those numbers up, to make sure that people are seeing or know about my thing, not just trusting, putting one post out on LinkedIn and then saying, oh, LinkedIn doesn't work because I didn't make any sales. Yeah. I mean, what's your strategy on LinkedIn? So coming back to your, your, your question on, on how you were talking from a company point of view, I mean, people can tell when you're not being genuine and nobody's going to buy from, or nobody, not necessarily, not even buy. Nobody's going to converse. Nobody's going to engage with anyone who's not being genuine. Um, I, and I, I listened to a, a lot of Gary V's talks and uh, I mean, we've been, we're so used to being sold so much. Our uh, radar for nonsense is quite high. So uh, we can tell, okay, this is a sale. Uh, and then, then, then we almost block it out because there's so much information coming. We have to sift through that. So if we're dealing with with personal brands and and talking to Jen, we we much it's a social platform, so we'd much rather engage with with people and be genuine than uh, some business that that we don't uh, you don't know if it's got a soul behind it or not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so it it is important to to be genuine, understand that you are. Um, dealing with other people that are away and also like what I advise people is just um, think about the, 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 
the last time you bought something like what was that experience like you know um and uh, you know for the those businesses here that that uh, are watching this i think that you got to go in for the hard time all the time you don't have to like you you got to ask you know what's in it for them so yes. the person that's going to be receiving what what's in it for them so you, you can't pitch your yes. things just for pitching sake you know it's running around trying to get and just because one person was interested you say yeah but that works and say well i mean it yes. could work better uh if you just sort of played a longer game uh you planned out a little bit more uh you could have a, a better return so for me it's, i mean it's also yeah. about giving value without without expecting anything in return if you if you give someone value after a while they, they realize i've i've gained value from this actually what does this person do i actually need a service you 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 sold them without selling them yeah because you you're not trying to pull them into something else you've just you've made their life easier or better in some way and, and then afterwards they're more interested in you and then afterwards the, the sale could come if you or if you ask and they see and then they, they, they the sale comes yeah 100% i don't know if this has happened to you but what's happened to me over the years is that you know i wouldn't talk about business or anything i kind of talk about the stuff i do but not particularly in business and not selling anything and people would reach out to me and say hey i've seen your stuff uh, i went to have a look at your profile i see you do this like i could you perhaps help me could we do a call or something like that and they've turned into customers um and i've i've i mean you know my my years of experience I, i've been able to win over big businesses um based on this i mean woolworths is one of my clients you know oceana group is one of my clients they, they, these big businesses vodacom you know and that's because not because I, I, whatever tenderpreneur, I mean, I don't really know how to follow the tender, but uh, it's because someone on these platforms uh, followed me, engaged with my content, liked what I do to say, do, then felt a connection with me, dug a little bit deeper, and then reached out. And then suddenly I find, oh, wow, you work at this big company. Like, you know, so, um, so that's amazing. So there's also like, I mean, I look at that and I go, okay, cool. Some, some people say like you're lucky and uh, I do, I agree with him. I say luck has a role to play. Luck definitely has a role to play. But if I wasn't putting out content, I, I, I wouldn't get lucky. Yeah. So yeah. If, I was, if I didn't have years of experience, I wouldn't get lucky. If I didn't put out a product, a service, something, tell people that I've got this day, I would not get lucky. So it is do 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 the work put the stuff out there um and the luck will come you know you may not mm. get lucky your first time but you do the luck does come and then and, and then, also it's not a short-term thing people shouldn't say oh i'm gonna do the work now next week i'm gonna get the sale that's <laughs> not how it works <laughs> sometimes it's very good uh, i mean your your sales six months from now or three months from now is because of you, the work you did now that's and right. and the sales that you're getting now is from the marketing that you did three months ago or six months ago. Yeah. And you have to look at it like that. It's not like, oh, everything is a sales call and then I got the sale from the work I do today. I get the sales part is important, but it's a combination of marketing and sales, which is, which is yeah. different. And then I find that some people get sort of over, over analytical. They try to say, no, but they want to see the efforts tie into this, that, and the other. And I get it, especially with big business. You want to make sure you want to make sure that you know what efforts are working and what's not but when you were small business you just measure your activity were you active on linkedin did you post things there and are you seeing some correlation between your your results a few months you know and then you can try and measure that back but you don't need to be over analytical uh you yes. can you and there are times where people say to me, well, uh, which, what kinds of content must I put out? And I do notice the, that, you know, so controversy or controversy will always get, will always get a lot of attention, but be very careful with those kinds of posts that, because even though your stats, your numbers, if you're chasing the numbers, you're chasing vanity. My post got, you know, 2000 views, my profiles got 8,000 views, all of those things, but your general views are like 300, whatever the numbers are that's actually not important not in at all those are vanity i always um when i talk to anyone else who, who asks me for advice about social media i say be on social media be your authentic self like your tribe will find you and they will follow you 
and but make sure that you are not looking at vanity like the number of likes because then you're going to post those kind of things which will take you away from your authentic self you'll just as you're looking for the attention stuff and you you get lost in it so you build up a following that isn't actually your ideal customer and then you're wondering why people aren't buying it's because you know, you can have a smaller base it's better to have a hundred followers and 90 of them all buy your products when you release it uh, when you do put something out there than to have 10,000 followers and 90 of them buy your products when you put it out there like that percentage ratio is really important because as you grow as you put more things out and you have that authenticity so a 90% ratio is way 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 better than a point 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 something ratio yes uh, and so you, you want to be that authentic self uh, when growing your brand on, on any social media platform because you can't be everything to everyone you only need a certain number of customers to grow your business yeah uh, and I'll, you, I'll even turn it a little uh, a lot of the guys don't or a lot of the, the business owners don't uh, they, they want to see these metrics and they want to see these numbers and you can't always see it but what I would say is from a business owner point of view switch your thinking to if, if, if you want to say okay is it worth spending brands or, or spending money on, on, on this sort of marketing. What I would suggest is, okay, you, you can't tell necessarily the return. Take whatever your revenue is and say, okay, whatever what percentage is comfortable for you? Say 5%. That's my marketing budget for the year. Whatever happens, I'm spending that 5%. If I don't make the revenue halfway through, I'll, I'll cut the, the, the marketing budget to, to that 5%. So in your mind, you know you've spent it, but, uh, and, and that's your budget. And you, you're not overspending on marketing, or the time, but but you're still getting some value out of it, and, you, and you're still getting something without necessarily seeing those numbers that you want to talk about. As long as your sales are increasing, and you can see uh, that the people are coming from that platform, that that's the most important thing. Yeah, and so and um, in some of the other parts of like a new business, or whether they're questioning the the, the value that uh, social media platforms bring back to you, and they say, I don't have time for this. Um, uh, I always say like, yeah, but if, if you, time doesn't exist uh, as a tangible man. You've got to, you've got to create that time. You've got to find a ways to make it useful to you. Uh, I know you shared some of these things uh, before. What are the, what are the tools that you use to help you manage first your time and your, your time on social media? So I, I think it's social media. If you, if you don't watch out, can take up a lot of your time and uh, then it can be an endless pit of engaging and checking on other people's profiles. So I'm, I'm quite uh, fixed. I do f uh, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, and then 15 minutes after work, and maybe one once more in the evening. So that I then I know, okay, I've got, maybe that 15 minutes might increase to 20 minutes, but I keep my time and then I still have time for, for, for other things. And then it's an hour. And I mean, I, not that you need to, as a business owner, need to invest two hours or hour and a half every day, I, as a person who engages, and this is me who engages a lot. For you, it might be, okay, 15 minutes a day before I start work, I'm going to focus on that. And if I see value after that, then, then you increase it. But without taking too much of your time, start small, but just be consistent every single day. Yeah. Uh, and and you, you'll, you should start seeing returns from that. Yeah, and then you also, uh, you, you're using some of the tools that are out there to help you with, um, you know, the, the pushing out your content um, as well. I actually uh, uh, started using uh, Hootsuite based on your recommendation. I used to use another platform um, called Meet Edgar, uh, amazing platform um, uh, for, for evergreen content. Uh, and But I, I found it made me lazy because what it would do is you, you could have like 30, 40, 50 posts that you 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 create and it'll just kind of run through those all the time when it gets to number 30 it starts back at number one oh, and, okay. and it's it's amazing so uh but in woodsuite i looked at it and i was like okay cool i'm gonna try this so i actually use a variation i'm i'm organic so i'm actually posting stuff myself uh and then i would have things that go out through schedule tools um yes and those kind of things just to help manage the time so that I'm using the platform, I'm not consumed by the platform. Yes. Uh, so yes, that, yes. yeah, it's, uh, I think commenting I find helps. So when you actually are genuinely engaging other people's content and you comment and you read it and you think about it and then respond uh, is also great. Um, be careful not to fall into the trap of judgment. 
Um, yes. You can offer constructive criticisms. I have a different point of view. Yes, I see it. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I've seen these. Don't get into arguments on social media. It's mm-hmm. a trap. It's just a... And yeah. I mean, you also don't have context of, of what actually happened. You just have the way they've explained it. And that might not be 100% correct, or you just don't have all the details. So it's, it's tricky. Uh, it's tricky to... to, to uh, shouldn't, you shouldn't be combative or argumentative. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, in terms of Hootsuite, that's helped me a lot in terms of scheduling. Because I basically don't post in the week. I only post on the... I schedule my time on half an hour or an hour on the weekend. And I post all my posts for the next two weeks. And then I'm only engaging. And and commenting on other posts is important because your your engagement will drop if, if, if the, the platform sees that you're only posting your own stuff and you're not engaging on other people's other people's posts because it's a social platform and if you're not being social, they will penalize you. Mm. Yeah, so uh, this has been this has been insightful. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation and so uh, what's your your message? So, I mean, if we we've built an audience, we both built audiences, we built contacts, um, and we spend a lot of time. You know, what would be the thing that you'd want people to take away from this conversation? Um, and how do people reach out to you? So, I guess two things is um, it, it's it's a it's not a short term game; it's a long term game, and you need to invest some of the time. And but the main thing is. Don't be afraid to try. A lot of people are self-conscious and they say, maybe I shouldn't say, maybe I shouldn't put, put this post out or did I do it correctly? Maybe my words are a little bit wrong. What are people going to say? Don't worry about what are people going to say. Uh, as long as it's ethical and, 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 and fair, put the post out. Uh, my biggest response would come for posts where I was like, maybe I shouldn't, uh, maybe I, or, don't try to aim for perfection because if you aim for perfection, you're not going to do. Rather put something out. You learn a lot from doing and adjusting. Um, whereas if you're trying to figure out what's the best post, you almost, it kind of stops you from posting and then you don't learn anything. Whereas if you post every day, it's like, oh, okay, maybe I should word this a little bit differently. Or maybe uh, I excluded a call to action or maybe I excluded this for my next one. I'll try something better and see what happens. Always try and test to see what happens. Don't try and figure it out and hope for the best. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it's uh, uh, you look at it as as life is this one big experiment, man, and you should be enjoying yourself and having fun, and and don't worry too much about being judged. Nobody's judging you, especially in the beginning. Like, just uh, honestly, like no one's gonna see your your first couple of posts or videos and everything. And and I've been doing a lot more video based content, um, like sort of as my go to. I enjoy the camera. In the beginning, I was very nervous, and I'm talking beginning 2015. You know, taking my phone, and I do what everyone what does in the beginning. You know, is they 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 pick up their phone and they they shoot, and but they look at themselves in the screen instead of looking at the eye of the camera. Uh, yeah, you know, which is and your eyes look corner. like they're going that way. Yeah, they're going that way. So you got small tricks that you learn, and I've learned to be comfortable to say to shoot something and be okay with it being sort of mistakes. I'm, I'm a bit quirky now, so my my personality is coming through. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Be okay with those mistakes. It's authentic. It's, it's think of when, you know, 10, 15 years when you're, you mega business and you as big as Amazon and you, people are going to look back and dig in this archives and go, look where this person started, you know, that's so they're going to also feel like they can do it too. And that's also an inspiring story is that we all start somewhere. You look at Jeff Bezos. You know, back in um, 99, when they show that picture of him in that office where the wires are lying around, and that's how Amazon got started. And so, it's inc- if he can do it, you can do it too. And so, I encourage all business owners, all people, not just business owners, people, grow in your career. You know, your the way is you you have to be out there. You have to be visible. Uh, I had this course, Data to Dashboards, uh, Excel training course which I've got 25 years of experience in IT and building systems and working for these massive companies and doing things. And it took me such a long time to put out this course, you know? Um, and the, the, I was like, oh, no one's gonna buy it. But the rationale behind it was, well, if I don't put it out there, no one can buy it. And so you have to put something out there and you look at it as a hypothesis and I'm like, oh, okay. So already my hypothesis is destroyed because people have bought the course in just one day. And I was looking like in a month, I'll make one sale. 
uh, in one day that's already blown out the water my my great monthly target which was uh, 10 is already gone and that's so what two like one and two days sort of and so i have to like reframe i think like okay wait this could actually like it's people want something like this um you know because there's a very the market specific... is the ultimate decider exactly not somebody who's got an opinion on the other side if there's a customer who thinks your service is good they're going to buy it so they are the they are the ultimate judge not That's some right. funny person on the other side of social media yeah. and and because i'm so specific about you know the language that i'm using and the, the stuff that i'm saying it's excel how to do excel reports without any formulas you know it's a very specific way of presenting the course i'm not saying i'm going to teach you how to use the sum function or the vlookup or the you know any of those functions because you actually don't need it you can create amazing reports just using the simple principles of like you have to design your data uh, that's important it's like a foundation and then using the tools in excel that probably it's probably in google sheets as well but then nobody thinks to look at you know it's because they're looking at the person next to them and doing what they're doing and in social media that's also something to be careful about yes it's good to follow people that are successful and some of the fundamentals that they're doing like you saying it's put the right time as i put posts out you know those are good fundamentals to follow but don't you mentioned gary v don't try to be gary v like don't try to be someone else and like be their style be your own style your own voice because there's only you and and Great. there are people that that will like what you have to say uh when you have it with uh, an intent of what's in it for them what's in it for the person that's consuming your content i think that's super super important uh so always how can people get in contact with you should they be interested in learning more about financial planning and financial strategy in their business uh you don't offer this up no personal finance uh stuff like that or... it's more from a business point of view so it's more helping them improve cash flow scale their businesses uh, i'm available on linkedin you can i mean connect with me or send me a direct message always asmal uh, it's a tricky name but it's it's u-w-a-i-s and asmal like the minister so um yeah but you can get all of me on linkedin uh happy to chat happy to to see where we can help and help grow your business all right great stuff man thanks so much i'll link all of those details in the description of this and if you're listening on the podcast it will be in the description of the podcast so uh fantastic thanks everyone it's been great chatting to you always and i wish you all the best you you as well